the two things I think uh, over time, if I, if I had to boil it all the way down, the two things you need as an entrepreneur more than anything else are curiosity and resilience. Okay, and those two things, if you have them, they will s- serve you very well. That is Mal McCallion. After being part of the success in establishing Prime Location and Zoopla, Mal now has his own business, helping companies grow. In the podcast, he talks to me about some of the key principles of leadership and starting your own business. He also shares what he learned from helping set up those pioneering companies. Hello, I'm Gavin Human. This is Home to Home. Each episode, we'll take a look at different aspects of owning your own home, from the buying and selling through to home improvements, and speaking to the people that can help. It's hard to imagine looking for a property today without at least some part of that searching happening online, from finding your next home to checking out house prices in your area or to sharing some shocking decor on social media. Most of it goes through an online property search. So how has internet house hunting impacted the housing market and how might it change in the future? We're also seeing businesses and staff grapple with new working practices with many still working from home or having a more flexible approach. Do leaders need to update their practices? My guest today is uniquely skilled and experienced to help us consider these questions. I'm Mal McCallion. Um, My background is I helped to set up Prime Location and Zoopla, two of the property websites uh, here in the UK. Uh, I now help businesses to grow uh, through my business, Groshan. So talk to me about Groshan. So Groshan came out of... Um, this idea that there is a very big difference between six people sitting around a table at a startup trying to work out what to do and achieving a business that's worth 48 million in the case of Prime Location and some billions in the case of Zoopla and people sitting around a table trying to work out what to do and that business failing. And there must be some guidance and cues and help that can be provided to those small, medium-sized enterprises at their early stages that help them to get on the trail towards success rather than disappearing and struggling. So what we did was set up these these kind of three core areas, which is product, marketing, and sales. Okay, so three very straightforward, um, notionally very straightforward ideas and getting them broken down into five each to help guide startups and growth businesses along the way to be able to to reach the goals that, that their founders set. So it, it's all based around this idea that, that people set up businesses for, for their dreams, right? That they set it up because they want to make a difference, because they want what they are doing to be to be of value and to be recognized as such. And and too often, far, far, far too often, what happens is they 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 miss something. And it's something that could be something really straightforward. Um, something like, you know, getting their brand right or, you know, getting the pricing of their product right or understanding what a sales process is. And if you can just help them to get over that little hump, then the business itself will continue to grow and to, to, to drive on into the future. So it's, it's really just a, a framework really to help those, those business entrepreneurs to, to grow. So let's rewind a little. What were your ambitions as a teen and had you got a career in mind? 
That's a great question. Um, so my, I, I don't think I had a, any kind of career ambitions particularly. So I went to university and I studied social policy and social work which obviously leads on to, you know, property portals and things like that. But no, what, what was really kind of fascinating to me was this idea of, of helping people. And, and that sort of fitted into, in my mind, social work was, was the most obvious um, way of doing that um, for, for those perhaps in, in, in society who had the least. So that was my kind of jumping off point, And that was the only thing that I could really think of doing. Now, I wasn't very good at it. I got a third in my degree, um, and that's why I then ended up doing customer service night shift somewhere really <laughs> random in, in some industrial estate. Um, but that then, but then I grew through that um, to being part of a client services team with um, customers, including like um, Barclays, NatWest, and that in financial services company. And and that then led on to um, being recruited to Prime Location. And this was when there was like six of us at the start to head up their advertising division. So back in prime location days, and this is a really good lesson to any entrepreneurs out there about what you think you're going to end up doing versus what you actually end up doing. We thought prime location was going to make millions, literally millions, by advertising mortgages. Oh, really? That was our thing. So we literally, so I was recruited to flog mortgage panels on around luxury property, beautiful, beautiful properties. And we were going to make uh, financial services were going to be our, our, our revenue generator. And at that time, so this was two thousand. So around what, was hap- what else was happening? Right Move was just launching. You know, there were a load of other property portals around things like Property Finder, Asserta Home. You know, all these ones that have started to that, that disappeared in the end. But what? But but nobody was charging um, estate agents for subscriptions. Okay, that model was not there at that point. Everyone thought they could make the money. Yeah, exactly. And everyone thought they could make money from the, the, the advertising and so on. The end of 2000 was when I joined and we launched in January 2001. By the end of 2001, we'd nearly run out of money. Wow. We had nothing. We were sitting there looking around going, there is, how, do we, how are we going to change this so that we can, we, we can continue? Um, at this point in time, this was brand new for everybody. So what we did was um, decide that subscriptions from estate agents was the way to go and we were actually the first to charge subscriptions to estate agents sorry all estate agents out there um, but it was it, that was the model and then you know right moving on as follow suit after that so um, it, it, it was that pivot so you know think about business models and particularly thinking about what you think you're going to make money on always have an open mind as to what you know, what what are the potential revenue options for your business well, that's a very quick change of plan isn't it yeah, it was it was really dramatic, and um, we we you know we, we were actually it was right at the end of the first kind of dot com bubble. So one of our competitors, which was called Asserta Home, was um, owned by Norwich Union as it was back then, and became Aviva, and they had forty million pounds, right? And all we'd hear about we'd, we'd sit in our little office, and all we'd hear was them going like inviting the entire estate agent community to Cow's Week, like on these yachts and spending masses of money on like big parties and you know all this sort of stuff. And we were sitting there like you know just kind of counting the pennies and <laughs> and worrying about what was, was going to happen. Um, but you know, as as it transpired, their publication kind of survived, um, and 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 the went by the wayside in the end. Um, but yes, it, it was a very um, a, a kind of rude awakening, I guess. The idea of flexibility within the business model, having a, an idea of where other revenue streams might be, is a really really, really good important. discipline right up front. It was it was a really bold move by the by the business to 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 go for that change. Um, and you know, obviously, in the end, it, it paid off. In, in two thousand and five, four years later, we sold it for, for forty eight million pounds. So, considering the profits of Right Move 
and now Zoopla dwarf any estate agency? Might we see more market disruption? Is there something new to come to the housing market? That's a really, really interesting question. So um, one of the reasons why Zoopla was set up was because you know, we were kind of looking across and thinking that um, the, the, the margins that were available to the likes of your right moves and others were, were so significant. That was back then, you know, they're about 50%. Now I think it's 76%. Yeah, it's, it's like so 76 pence in every pound is profit which is astonishing in, in any market, but th this comes with um, you know, the, what, what they call network, network effects. So Rightmove has benefited from being that, that first mover, large, you know, a, the corporates adopted it very quickly. I remember distinctly when we were doing primary location um, on the business cards of all of you know, the big kind of countrywide um, agents and all that, they had this Rightmove logo. And it just spread that word so, so far and wide that essentially, everybody just thought they had to be on it. And what would happen would, would be that, you know, if you get three estate agents come and sit on your sofa to talk about your property, then the countrywide agent and perhaps the Connells one would both say, oh, are you on right move? Because you, know, you should go and have a look at this because we've got all the properties on there. And they go, oh, right move. And this is 2000 before 2001 when very few people knew exactly what the internet was. But they'd be like, oh, so that right move thing seems to be quite popular. And then an independent estate agent would go in and the, and the vendor would say, are you on right move? And they'd go, what's right move? So that was how it spread like virally. And it was so, so clever. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so talking about you know, the, the province that they have right now, you know, it is, in many ways, um, the kind of the, the first place most people go to. But it's it's so important from a vendor's perspective, or at least the perception is that you are on right move. Yeah. Because you know what happens if you you go off right move and then a competitor goes in and says, Do you know they're not on right move, and then the vendor throws their hands up and doesn't go with you. I suspect there will come a time that that follows where the local newspaper used to be. Well, it used to be, if you're not in the local newspaper, then throwing hands up and going somewhere else. Um, what's gonna to happen to property portals, I believe, is, is far, far more now, individual agent brands, I think, are gonna become far stronger. I think the ways that you can distribute um, your brand values and be able to surface what it is that makes you different and makes you stand out and enables vendors to buy into your brands now, I think is so much further ahead than it was even two, three years ago. Yeah. And what that means is that over time, and let's call it in the next sort of two, three years, um, those big property portals will start to see their power diminish as the first place people go. People are much more, um, much more selective, I think, about the types of business they want to be associated with, and therefore they, they will start more locally than necessarily going on to the larger national portals. I agree with that fully, yeah. I'm just going to pause here and reflect, as this is definitely something I've been hearing from clients and also other businesses. This desire for businesses to be more, more local, more personal. It came up on my previous podcast too, in my conversation with Alex Baboras about his company and his approach to lettings. I was curious as to whether Mal had an insight as to what might be the drivers to this turn towards more local business. In my experience, the feedback has been about trust, having someone local that you have a regular connection with and can be in contact with. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that this kind of uh, move towards sort of hyper-localism, I think is, is a real thing. I think that people are looking now for again, kind of brands that reflect their personality and, and where, where one lives, and perhaps the pandemic has exacerbated that too. 
where one lives has become um, a real kind of uh, a, a, a statement of who, who you are as well. And others that share that, uh, share that trait, you know, they happen to live in the, the same area as well, but they are a specialist as a, an agent, as you are, Gavin, um, or as a, a handyman or as a florist. You know, those are local businesses that are looking to be supported by their local customers. And those, you know, the additional 18% of, um, of, of startups that have happened over the, the pandemic, you know, th- so many of them are trading on their local their localism, their independence, you know, the fact that they are around the corner, the fact that they may know the people that they're selling to and buying from. And it's and, and also these communities of entrepreneurs are growing up as well, where they actually support each other from almost like a supply chain yeah. uh, as well. So, yeah, I think that there is a real, um, you know, perhaps, as, as you've said, kind of going full circle, going all the way back to when we did just shop locally and we did hope there was a, the butcher and the, the coffee shop that was an independent, not necessarily a coster. Yeah. You know, all of those things that just make life a little bit different and unique and not quite as not quite as vanilla considering mal's track record it seemed obvious that i should ask what were the most important lessons he'd learned at prime location and zoopla that you don't know i was going to say you don't know at all but almost you don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) basically the most important thing is to get started because what you learn on the journey is so much more important than what you learn sitting around chatting and trying to work things out with a whiteboard or whatever. So, you know, the, the, the customers that you get very early on tend to be the ones that will be most helpful in terms of sharing what they think about it, what needs to change, what they like, what they don't like, and so on. Um, but yes, it is, you know, the, 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 the iteration process. So the, the initial sort of failure, but then, you know, change, fix, and go again, and then change, fix, go again, go again, go again. It's it's that those are the things that make a successful business is that ability, that willingness to reflect and to see that you're you're making the mistakes and, and to change. adapt. Yeah, absolutely. I, the two things I think uh, over time, if I if I had to boil it all the way down, the two things you need as an entrepreneur more than anything else are curiosity and resilience. Yeah. Okay, and those two things, if you have them, they will s- serve you very well. Um, I'm keen to find out more about Groshen. Looking through social media, I see so many posts every single day about how to grow my business. So what makes Groshen stand out for to other businesses and why should I come to you? Great question. So look, um, there are a, any number of growth uh, businesses out there and, you know, and I respect everybody who's, who's in, the, in the business. And, and for me, this is all about how, how do you help businesses to grow? So I, I am you know, pretty obsessed about what 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 are the what, what's the execution on this? You know, the strategy side of things is great, and you know, getting ideas and and being that consultant, I think, is is wonderful, and, and many people need that too. But for me, it's about what what's the practicality? What's your day to day look like? You know, when you wake up in the morning, what is it that you're going to do that day that is going to help your business to grow? And that's why we've got these all these different elements in in product marketing and sales to to diagnose which bits need the most help. So for me, Groshen, and Groshen is a contraction of growth and execution. You know, it is essentially all about what you're going to do, not, what's it, what, not what the ideas side is. So for me, you know, what we do is we, we, we have um, a, a daily growth tip. So you know, every day we send out these, these videos to, to a subscription base, there's 1,500 people open it. Um, and, and it is all about, right, just for these next two minutes, just think about something. 
just think about this. And it may not be something that's relevant, or it might be that thing that just gets you thinking about, oh, do you know what, today I'm going to go and do this particular thing. I'm going to start my pricing model. I'm going to think about what my brand needs to, to do to, to really up its game. Um, so everything we do is with this kind of mindset of it needs to be practical. It needs to be helpful. It needs to be something you can use right now. Um, and then, yes, obviously, um, that then builds into you know, potentially helping on a longer term basis with, with businesses and so on. But yeah, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've been so lucky to, to be part of these, these amazing startups in you know, the, the likes of Groshen, uh, sorry, and, and, and Zoopla and, uh, and Prime Location, um, that really it's about how can I share that information? How can I help people to shortcut a lot of the mistakes we made along the way and the big kind of mess ups that we did um, and just get people there faster and, uh, and more effectively? I think sometimes it's always good to have that third party who's totally detached from it all to throw ideas at and think, because I, I know from, for me, I'm passionate about estate agency, I'm passionate about my clients, and sometimes that actually clouds your judgment. And you think, I'm right, I've done it for 30 years, and have that third person say, what do you really think? Yeah, and it, and it is so difficult, you're absolutely right, but when it's your passion, and when it's, some, when it's that thing that you've done that, that you just know so well, um, but but the world does does tend you know, moves on and technology appears and all that sort of stuff and ideas are, are, are so um, are so important as well that, that that can help to frame how you execute on on successful business. Um, but yes, it is you know for, for us absolutely th those conversations and you know anybody can get in touch with us any way they like and have those chats with us. We we, we love them. Um, but yes, it's all about um, being able to actively help entrepreneurs to realise their life dreams. Mal also has his own podcast, Business Growth Execution, and he has such a wide range of guests, from business leaders to an ex-NFL player. I wanted to know if Mal had noticed any shared traits amongst these people. Do successful leaders have anything in common? That's such a good question. So, um, yeah, I, I love talking to people on the podcast. I love talking to you here. It, it is Finding out from other other people what what's made the difference for them is 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 one of my great joys in life. Um, I think that if there was one uni unifying feature across all of them, and and perhaps it reflects back to to what I said earlier, it's it's very much about the resilience side. You know, these people generally have seen some pretty dark times. They've generally seen some you know whether it's injuries in the sports uh, field, whether it is businesses you know in in real trouble whether it is you know, emotionally from a you know, personal perspective, mental health, et cetera. What they have to a woman man is, is just this ability to, to see it as it is, which is a step along the journey. You know, this is not the end. This is something that you experience and you learn from and then you go again. It's the next stepping stone to where you want to be. Absolutely, and you know, I, I, I know, and I, you know, again, I, I see it often that if something does go wrong in business and perhaps your dream is, you know, is, is, is faltering a little, um, it can be so difficult if you're working on your own to actually see the, the, the wood for the trees and to, to understand that this isn't the end. This is a really important staging post where you have to perhaps get off for a little bit, yeah. <laughs> take a breather take and then get, get back on again and then go somewhere perhaps a little bit different. But don't lose sight of the dream. You know, and again, what's wonderful about listening to all the stories from the people on the podcast is, you know, that they're how they have excelled in spite of and perhaps even because of some of the, the situations they found themselves in. 
but constantly that that resilience and that ability to to deal with with what life throws at them and and to carry on and i think that's the, the, that's think, what's so i think it's so easy to think just because you're a business owner you're successful and people yes they see the rich trappings eventually but they don't often know the journey that somebody's gone through whether that be emotion financially to get to where they are today Absolutely, and you're so right. You know, the, the physical manifestation of, of, of success or, or whatever it is often comes at, at, a, at a cost along the way. And I think you know, mental health particularly is one of those areas that's getting so much more, and, and so great that it is getting so much more coverage now. You know, because I think everybody goes through those tough times. I know I have, yeah. where you sit there and you just really sort of go, you know, what, what is this? What's happening? How am I here? when I was meant to be there and I'm doing all the right things and yet it's not coming off and is it me? And all of those kind of thoughts and, and so on are, are, are part and parcel, I'd argue, of the majority of success stories. And what is really key is being able to find either the help that you need from others um, or being able to hear you know, how others have gone through it and have got, got over it. You spoke with Shauna Shue on one episode on your podcast about changing leadership practices with more people working from home. Do you think leaders and managers are still locked into traditional practices like staff meetings and regular phone-ins and check-ins rather than just empowering their staff to be successful independent workers? That's a great question. Um, I think that the key to leadership is communication. Okay, I think that however you achieve that, whether that is face-to-face or whether that is over Zoom or whether that is via loud hailer, um, you know, whatever it is, you've got to be real to, to yourself and how you approach this. And you've got to make sure that the people that you are talking to are able to hear and to understand what, you, what, you're, what you're looking to do. Um, that, that, that from a leadership perspective, I think is absolutely critical. Similarly, there needs to be that two-way communication as well. So there needs to be forums again, whether they're in-person forums or whether they are weekly, you know, Zooms or whatever, where people are able and feel confident that they can speak freely about the situations they found themselves in, the feedback they get from customers, what's gone wrong in the operations, all that sort of stuff too. So um, I, I think that we are transitioning. Um, but I think we're always transitioning. You know, if, if it wasn't for COVID, then it would be because the metaverse is coming anyway. Do you know what I mean? There, there blame always, Brexit, wouldn't we? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. You know, there are always reasons why life is changing and not standing still and, and, and big kind of fundamental um, uh, shifts are happening. Uh, paradigms are moving in terms of, of how we communicate and how we operate and how we run our businesses. Um, but I do think that, you know, at its heart, um, you know, running businesses, particularly managing people, um, is very much around being in a position to, um, to, to, to communicate effectively for them to communicate with you and for you to communicate with them and for honesty to be possible throughout the organisation and, and real genuine kind of feedback um, on both sides, you know, in terms of people doing good jobs and, and as well as customers being able to um, review you. Yeah, definitely. It seems like you're always keen to learn. How important is it to be open to new ideas and be willing to change? Yeah, so I think, you know, without overplaying the kind of curiosity thing, I think that, you know, n nobody becomes an entrepreneur unless they're curious. You know, you, you, you see a problem and you think you can fix it and you're, you're interested in how that fix will, will happen. Um, so I do think that um, 
the, the, the key part of, of engineering change and, and enabling um, new products and services to come to pass, enabling businesses to succeed, uh, is being curious and being willing to, to change and being willing to, to review almost everything that you do on a, on a regular basis. Um, I spend a, a lot of time on, on systems and processes and I try and live those too. Um, so I journal every day. You know, and I, and I sit there every single morning and I will look at what went well yesterday. So I'll pick three things yesterday that went well, three things even better if. So, so what could I do better? Um, and then what will make today, today a success? And, and you know, those things just keep me really constantly asking myself, you know, am, are these things that I'm doing, that the business is doing, the right things to be doing right now? If, the, if something went particularly well yesterday, then can we blow that up and make that something that is, is right across the business? If something didn't go so well, then what can we do to fix those? So, yeah, I think that, that that's, you know, I forget who said that the only permanent thing is change. Uh, you know, it, it, it is and it, and it will continue to be. So I think those that um, particularly want to succeed in business, I think they need to be absolutely um, not just open to it, but, but driving change. And I think that they need to be always reflecting as well on the bits that are going well and, and those that... So that with your happen. journal, have you, have you, is that something recent or have you been doing that for like five, ten years? Do you know, I, I started it um, beginning of 2019. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a couple of years now, three years now. Um, and yes, it was very much around sort of, um, you know, I was, I was looking at... I, 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 <laughs> People who know me well will tell you that I'm, I'm very, I'm quite routine based. I, I like the idea of having um, a cadence yeah. and a kind of pace to, to things. So I know where certain things are happening uh, all the way through the day, but within that having flexibility too. So I will have gaps of time where things will slot in during the day. But you know, in the mornings, for example, I get up at five o'clock, I do exercise from uh, up until six, uh, then I'll do some journaling, then I'll do some uh, do some meditation, yeah. you know, so I'll try and make sure that those that structure is there at the beginning of the day because then that, that sets then you means, up for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly that and gives me the freedom yeah. to know that's done and now I can get on with my day. Ooh, I don't think I could do five. <laughs> I am an early bird, but doing exercise at five, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's something that I have found works for me, but uh, yeah, it doesn't work for everyone, including most of my family. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks to Mal for chatting with me today. You can find out more about his work and his podcast and blog here. If you do want to find out anything more about uh, Groshan, go to groshan.co. So that's G-R-O-W-T-I-O-N.co. There you can sign up for our daily growth tips. Um, we've got loads of stuff in there about if you want you know, free consultations, things like that. But yeah, and anything you, you want about business growth, execution, and then Groshan, G-R-O-W-T-I-O-N.co is where to go. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen. Don't forget to share and pass this on to anyone else you think might enjoy or find it useful. You can find those links on my website, gavinhuman.co.uk, where you can also find my social media links. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, goodbye.